0: G'day guys, it is The Coach and he is back. It has been a while since I've done a talking video. We've had lots going on. We've had Techless, we've got BellaCore. There's all this stuff that's happening in the game, but one thing that is consistent in life, it's that Flesh Eater Courts are here and I'm excited to talk about Flesh Eater Courts with JP, JP, a uh, mangled crypt ghoul, uh, he might think he's a beautiful king or an emperor or whatever it might is, but I'm here from reality to telling he looks like hot garbage. But no, hello,
1: hello, welcome. I, and agent. that was it. And that's it. We'll see you next week. <laughs> no, thanks a lot. Glad to be here. <laughs> oh, I love, I love Flesh Unicords. I,
0: um, and I'll, I'll chat to you in a minute about why you started and, you know, talking about it. But when I come back from Warhammer World in, 2017 or 2018, because um, I went to play at Blood of Glory um, with my my free people back in the day, and then I'm like, what's my, arm- my next army I'm going to pick? And I picked up Flesh Eater Courts. I bought four start collecting boxes because it's <laughs> so cheap in England. Yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. cheap. Um, and I, I remember t- going to Greece with my wife with a suitcase <laughs> full of star collecting boxes for flesh to Court. So they have a special place in my heart. I was OG Grizzle Gore before Grizzle Gore had Battleline Terrorgeists but. That- Talk to me about talk to me about why you love Flesh Eater Courts. Let's set the scene for anyone who maybe is thinking about their next army or they're uh, they're just getting into Flesh Eater Courts because there's always a meme, you know. They're the Bretonia of of, yeah, yeah. of of you know, like this is delusional knights of the realm, but actually they're horrible ghouls. Um,
1: yeah, I think I think sort of it's twofold about how um like what I love about flesh eater courts, and what I, th- I think you know, I know I mentioned to this to you before. But one, in terms of the, the the army play style, I just love the you know it's fast, it's punchy. You've, you know, we're we'll getting into it later. We got this feeding frenzy. We got the savage. We got the like the savage lore mashed with the savage damage that comes out in the rules. Um, and two, this is what we we're talking about before. Is I've always like since I've started, I've just loved the flesh eater courts community. Like. You know, I think you've got, as you've touched upon, those cool lore rules of like the delusional, you know, versus the reality. And I feel like the 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 community for Flesh Eater Courts has always matched that in terms of it never has mattered the power level of Flesh Eater Courts in the game, which has gone up and down. Everyone's just always like, I love it. And this is what I'm slapping people with right now, you know? So I think for me, that's that's why I love it so much.
0: It's wild because like when you look at the Flesh Eater Courts roster, it's not that deep, but mm-hmm. I've met so many crazy Flesh Eater courts that are just like, <laughs> I just want to put on the table, nothing but ghouls, yeah. like a hundred to 200 ghouls. But then I meet people who are like, I was going to have all the flayers, and like, they're just so passionate about Flesh Eater chords. And like, I was Terror Geists. I'm like, yeah, I just yeah, want to yeah. run all the Terror Geists. <laughs> I want to have a, a Ghoul King on his zombie dragon because I think that was better at the time. And mm-hmm. he's just going to have, terror geists and people are just happy doing it i think yeah, you're yeah, right. yeah. Like the community is a pretty cool community i must admit, i haven't met a jerk flesh eater courts player <laughs> well liam my former co-host was one of those flesh eater court jerks <laughs> but he was a jerk before he got into flesh eater
1: courts nice okay he had priors
0: yeah yeah he was like he's always been a jerk he's like that one drop <laughs> silver Death player from back in the day you well know, i love liam he's he's my boy But. You, you like flashhead courts to me like when i look at the book they're just so much fun they um you can do some crazy things i've met people in the community who have literally cut their models in half and they've done like half stormcast yeah. half flashhead courts to kind of replicate the de- the delusion I've seen people like myself, uh, and, I, and I'm not the only person, who's actually tapped into the old Warhammer fantasy battles, knights, and some of the old type of style, and given them lances, given them shields, given them legitimate chivalry type. Um, and they, they work really well, Like f- at least for me. Like, I look at mine, I've got, like, helmets and pumes, and like I've got, like, a musician and a standard bearer ghoul. And, um,
1: yeah, I mean, that, I, I, would- I think... Sorry, I was just going to say, yeah, I just love it. I a similar thing, like my army, I was like, I've got it like half gold, like bits of the models are like just uh, basically like highlighted gold. And then they've got a little like laser bleed effect into like the actual sort of grisly undead feeling. And, you know, it works however well it works. But it was just, it's it's a really fun concept to think about as a hobbyist.
0: Before I bring up the rules, I, I will say I went as crazy far as um, I went and bought the White King, the Undead White King, and mm. all I wanted was the crown. So I got my Arch Regent, <laughs> and, I, and I literally put a crown on him. Um, like I haven't used F- the F- other F- parts F- of the White <laughs> King. It's just I paid like th- thirty bucks to get a crown. I'm like, I've lost it. I've, it's, I've, value. I've, its value. value. I am. I'm under the delusion. Um, but I think, long story short, guys, if you if you're not seeing this. Um, they are a cool army, they're a fun army. They don't have all of the units in the world, they're no Stormcast, they're no they're no Cities of Sigmar. but their roster is deep enough to be able to rotate and um, yeah. find different playstyles, which I think I love and the the rules are just great.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean I know we've got sort of two lists to look at, but you know, there are so many different lists, even though you're looking at, you know, five or six war scrolls that are making up the meat of those. It's just like where you focus which of these grand courts you're looking at. There's so, there's just, as you say, a lot of option to go deep into what is it that you want to do and you can just, you can build that list. If you're new to the series, basically what
0: we will do folks is, um, we'll go some very high level rules. We'll talk a little bit about how JP looks at the allegiance, the terrain piece, and just get some thinking behind um, how he's looking at the, the the position of flesh eater courts right now, right now with the meta. And then we'll go through two lists. They aren't the only two lists on the internet. Um, it's not to say that this is the, the the five and O tournament list, but it's putting the theory into practice and showing you how he's thinking about the rules and then applying it in a list. And you you tailor and tweak it if you like something else and you want to run all the ghouls or if you love your horrors over the flayers or you want to run um, Smash Bat with all the vargulfs. Like go you do you. That's that's really the theme here. Are you ready
1: to jump in? I'm ready.
0: All right, so we got some allegiance rules. You got four key allegiance rules coming out of Flesh Eater Courts. I, I I'm going to go through a little v- very high level, but what I'd love from understand from you, JP, is. Are they all important when you're thinking about building a list? Obviously, some of them—they're all going to have their use at some place. But when you're list building, when you're thinking about this tactically, are you building around all four of them? Are there things that you—you maybe just—they're there because they're nice. Um, and what I mean by that is you've got—you've got your deathless courtiers. So basically, um, if you're within twelve inches of a flesh Heater court's hero, you're going to be able to negate a a wound or a mortal wound or a six. Um, you've got your grand courts, So basically there is a sub allegiance. So once you choose Flesh Eater Courts, you can choose to be uh, Morgant, Hello Morn, Blister Skin, or Gore, And that gives you a bunch of extra rules that goes on top. You've also got your Courts of Delusion, and then you've also got your Command Ability, which is Feeding Frenzy. So when you look at these rules, are they all important to your list and your strategies? Mm Mm-hmm.
1: So... I mean, we can start with Deathless Courtiers. Um, that is uh, the, this sort of, you know, you see it in death a lot. You know, you get a, this ward save, this extra save against wounds and mortal wounds if you're near heroes. Um, it's actually a really good rule. I think uh, it can be overlooked a little bit. But if you think a geist has 14 wounds, getting an extra two wounds is actually you know, that's like a command trait in some armies, it's decent. So I think you're sort of lucky in Flesh Eater Courts in that you're probably going to be taking heroes anyways. So you don't necessarily need to worry about it, but it is a good rule. And if you find yourself maybe with like, you're building a list with only one hero, you know, you might want to make sure that you're doing that, you know, that that is definitely what you want to be doing. Because it is, it's small, but over, uh, you know, 100 to 200 wound army, that's a lot of extra wounds um it really i I, I always thought like i always thought think about power
0: pairs at least like if there's something that's important to me it might not be like the throwaway unit of 10 ghouls but if Mm -hmm. i've got a terror geist if i've got a unit of horrors or flayers i'm always thinking about the hero that's going to support them um and to ensure that they can keep up like a perfect example is a flayer moves really fast and if you're trying to chase it around with i don't know uh, uh, just an arch name. region on foot. Yeah. yeah like if they're just on foot, like just running, um, it, it makes life a lot hard, or you're not getting the most value out of your flyer. Yeah.
1: So that's how I'm always thinking about yeah, it. Exactly. And I think I was going to say that as well, that's going to tie in, you know, to jump ahead with this feeding frenzy, um, sort of starting a little bit at the end here, but feeding frenzy is really a great ability, right? This is, you know, when I'm thinking about flesh eater courts, this is what I'm thinking of. Um, which is basically that it's a command ability that lets you fight twice. You know, that's, that's sort of the simplest way to think about it. And you, sort of what you're saying, you need a hero to uh, use that ability. You know, he can use it on himself. He can use it on your on your big block of flares if that's your threat. And as you say, if you've got a block of nine flares, you're going to want to make sure that your list has a fast hero to keep up with them so that your nine flares is mm-hmm. outputting the damage of 18 flares. And that it's immediately that um, that attack. So I know there are things like, than Hell's Dance Macabre and some other stuff that let you fight twice, but your opponent fights in between. And so, this is a lot stronger that because you're not going to lose any of your flares in between, um, in between those two pylons. So you really, you really are going to be thinking about keeping, you know, your heroes, as you say, heroes that can keep up with your power units, or heroes that are your power units, like you know, in a lot of the Gristle Courtlets. And then we, we, oh, yep, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just, I was
0: just going to say like. Um... you you, not every unit, correct me if I'm wrong, but not every unit has to be considered for feeding frenzy. Not every Mm -hmm. unit has to be babysit by a hero because that's all of a sudden you start getting really expensive. Like, let's say, for example, you got 10 ghouls that normally sit on an objective. I don't need to put a hero with it to give it a six up, and I don't need to be thinking about 10 ghouls for feeding frenzy. But I guess yeah well i'm not trying to just I'm, look, I'm not trying to disrespect your people here but if, but if i've spent a lot yeah. of po- points into yeah. a terror a terrorized
1: flayer unit a horror unit
0: yeah um i really want to think yeah. about
1: yeah I, I think again what is a cool thing about flesh eater courts because you're obviously you're obviously right like if you're choosing between you don't want to spend 200 points for a hero for every you know 100 points you spend on a unit because you'll run out of points but i think a nice thing about flesh eater courts is and we'll see this later you do get those Support heroes who are the arch region on foot, you know, maybe the ghoul king, maybe a crypt cast courtier. Um, and when they are, because they're slow, they're probably going to be around your unit of 10 ghouls. And so sometimes in the late game, you know, it's going to be turn five. And I think it's important to not forget that you can feeding frenzy your ghouls. Again, most of the time you want a feeding frenzy nine flares, a terror geist, you know, something with a million buffs on it. But, you know, I've had the games where you're like, I really need to kill this you know, five-wound hero, and all I've got is six ghouls. And you're like, well, actually, I'm going to put all the buffs on these six ghouls. I'm going to make them pile in and attack twice, and that's, you know, that gets you the, da- the damage that you need to kill it. And so, again, I totally agree, like, you you know, you, you've got to make sure that you make sure you can buff your big pieces, but it's just important to remember that you can, you know, you can double, you know, that ghoul king can double pile in himself. If you really need to do one more damage, don't forget that you can, you know, do these things, because it's, it's easy to forget. That you sort of no, just think, it. oh, they're just cause. Well, especially like with a lot of teleporting and a
0: lot of yeah. like summoning, something comes in your backfield and they're mm-hmm. challenging your objective. Normally, it's a unit of five or ten things exactly. getting in, and yeah, you're right. You just need that one or two more damage to maybe cause battle shock or you know keep Absolutely. them away from the objective. So that's that's a really good point. Yeah, so <laughs> don't don't write them off. But um, I think just start thinking about synergies and the importance of of how you can make the most of your courtier your deathless courtiers as well as uh feeding frenzy talk to you about the the courts of delusion or or are you going to
1: talk about grand courts next Uh, i i mean you can sort of link them together right like so basically these grand courts and these courts of delusion are the sort of sub-allegiances so you're going to take flesh eater courts and then probably the first decision you're going to be making is what court am I going to be playing them in? And so basically in the book, you have these four uh, grand courts set up for you, which are important in the lore, and they come with their own uh, their own rules and like their own command trait. You see in a lot of books, their own command trait, their own artifact that you have to take, and some really great, you know, some great buff. And in, in for the grand courts, in Flesh Eater courts, uh, they correspond to the units basically. So your ghouls go in Morgond, right? Your horrors, your crypt horrors go in holomorn your Crypt Flayers go in blister skin and your, you know, your big, big grizzlies, um, your dragons, your terror geists are in gristle gore. You know, that's not, it's not to say you can you don't have some, some of those units you know, in, in, in the other factions you do, you know, and you're likely to have like, you know, an abhorrent uh, ghoul king on a terror geist or on a zombie dragon in probably any of those, you know, you can easily do that. But that's sort of what they're built around. And um, the courts of delusion, uh, I haven't seen them played as much. There is one of them. That's really good. Which is feast day, um, which means uh, basically one turn. So that's twice per battle round. You can use this feeding frenzy command ability uh, without spending a command point, and that is that is really good. You know, um, and one of the things I like about um, flesh eater courts is. You are making these sort of tough strategic decisions that aren't just well. This is better than this. You know, you're looking at Grizzlegore and you're thinking, okay, I get you know exploding sixes. I get to start fight at the start of the combat phase if I've charged. But you know, do I have the command points to support myself that I could get a little less damage but a little more command points in this um, in this feast day court of delusion? So um, it's 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 a it's a cool thing to think about and look through all those. Um, all those courts but that's probably going to be your first decision you know like oh no please continue oh sorry yeah yeah i was just going to say so you're probably like if i was new to flesh eater courts i'd be thinking the way i'd be approaching it is i'd be like which models you know whenever either because of the rules or the models or whatever uh do i want to build my list around and if it's the mounted kings the or the unmounted dragons you know it's going to be gristle gore if it's the horrors it's going to be hollow Morn. The flares is going to be Blitzkin. If it's ghouls, it's going to be Morgant. And then you can sort of ignore the other ones while you make your list. You know, you don't really probably, you know, most likely you probably don't have to check if your 200 ghouls list would be better in blister skin, you know, you're, you're probably fine for focusing on that, investigating the different, you know, the tweaks you want to do in your list there. And then if you're like, oh, I don't really like this list, I want to change it completely. You know, you can start looking at these other grand courts. But yeah, if I was new, I'd be picking a grand court and just imagining that's my whole allegiance um, when I was starting out.
0: Yeah, so just the relationship between the brain, the Grand Courts and the Courts of Illusion, delusion, um, it's also an illusion. But basically <laughs> um, with the Grand Courts, you don't have to take it. So, so some other battle tomes force you to take the sub allegiance in in flesh eater courts you don't have to so if you look at Morgard, if you look at uh, blister skin and grizzle Gore, and you're like eh, i don't really like it it's not really for me that's where you get a little bit more customization through yeah. the courts of delusion and there's some really good ones i love the crusading army that gives you the plus one to run and yeah. charge rolls I love Feast Day. It allows you to, to as you said, use Feeding Frenzy without spending a Command Point. Um, there's some other really cool ones and there's some really interesting artifacts. However, yeah. um, and I think to the point of, um, I think so, was it uh, Kendron in the chat. Um, you do give up. You do give up some things. So you know, do you are you better off taking Blister Skin? Are you better off building in your? I guess it depends on how you're building and what you're really uh, being drawn to. So overall some really good things and maybe a question that I'll pull up from Dice Sagas before we continue is do you think that Flesh Eater Courts is competitive across the board? I'm not saying 5-0, and o, you're winning yeah, four, yeah, or yeah. five games in the tournament and, you know, you're you're drinking the tears of croak and teclas. <laughs> but, but do you think that right now – there's only one way to go, like, you know, Terrorgeist are, uh, are the one way to go, or do you think there's there's opportunity across all of the different, you know, Flayers, Ghouls, Horrors?
1: I, I absolutely think that um, Flesh Eater, of course, as a total faction, is a competitive army. You know, I think you can go to an event, as you say, you're probably... You're, you you know, you're maybe, you know, you win your first four games, you go up into game five against Croak, and something key unit gets exploded, and you're like, you're sad about it. You know, I'm not saying pick up this army if all you care about is winning, but I would have no problem as a competitive player picking up Flesh Eater Courts and bringing, I think, any of the four Grand Courts to, um, to an event and being like, I'm pretty confident that I'm going to be able to beat a lot of people on a lot of battle plans. You know, and. I haven't the one. The one I haven't sort of explored um, is Holomor. Uh I played the other ones, and they're all good, and they all have tricks. And one of the things I've, I say this a lot on about on a lot of different topics, but if you walk up to an event with a Morgant list, right, and you play against a Seraphon player. You've probably thought a lot about what what's going to happen when you meet Seraphon. You know, when you're building your list, you're like, well, what's it like playing against Seraphon? How do I deal with Croak? That that Croak player has probably literally never considered what they're going to do against 200 ghouls. They're like, I don't know what that does. Are ghouls good? Is this you know, like you know, you 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 know, they wipe out one of your big units of ghouls, yeah. and with the Morgon ability, you spend a CP on a four plus, you're bringing them back onto the table, and your opponent's like oh man, I sort of didn't really, you know, I knew you could do that, but I didn't really think of it. And so I really think, I think gamers can, in all games, and Age of Sigmar included, can sometimes get a little bit in the mindset of if you're you're not first, you're last. Like, are Flesh Eater courts one of the three best armies in Age of Sigmar? No. Um, Does that mean they're unplayable? Does that mean they're not competitive? Does that mean you can't get four wins? And it's like, no doesn't mean you can't get five wins no you can still if you can get four wins you can turn up to that game five and you can be like oh this is a good matchup on a good battle plan for me or this is the game where i rolled all sixes you know this is the game where my terror guys did 36 mortal wounds you know because those games exist and so i just think um yeah i think it's a really cool faction i think you can take any of those four um four grand courts or um you know again you can take a feast day list for sure and i'm sure the other ones that i know less about um and you can make you can make a competitive list and go to a tournament and not feel like you know you're not taking a fluffy list that you just took because you like the models you're taking a competitive list that also is one of the coolest factions
0: the the average flesh eater courts in my opinion is probably going to win two to three games at a five game tournament just an average flesh eater and mm-hmm. In the, in the hands of a skilled pilot, in the right conditions, it definitely has opportunity to win four, to win yeah. five. But winning three out of five is probably where we want most armies to sit. So um, if you're sitting in what what's called the fat middle, that's a good thing, because it means yeah. that Games Workshop's not focusing on you and they yeah. see has gotten too powerful. So then there's FAQs and changes to the rules and points adjustments. So, um, but I think you're right. Like, I think when I look at this, you know, building around flayers, horrors, ghouls and terror geists, um, absolutely, there are ways to do it. And we're going to talk about how to do it. But before we get into some of your lists, I want to get some of your thoughts around, I guess, two key things. First is the, the your terrain piece. You get yourself yep. a free terrain piece. And for most people, when I talk to them, they're like, yeah, I just want to get the free CP and just, you know, do a free summon and then I don't care about it. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you think about your terrain piece? Do you have a, a, an idea or a strategy on when you put it on the table? Is it bringing more than just summoning? Like, how do you look at this? Yeah,
1: I mean, I think... I don't think it's necessarily wrong, right? If someone was like, oh, I think of it as just a free CP, right, for these for this summoning, I'm like, yeah, that's not, you know, that's not a terrible idea, but it does do more. Um, it really, like, especially, right, in the current meta, there's a lot of shooting, right? And this, again, if, you, if you're if you thinking, like, okay, I've got my arch region, and mainly what he's going to be doing is buffing up my faster units in the first turn, then they're going to be too far away, and he's going to be sitting around with my ghouls um, against this shooting army, right? You're like, that's a great time for him after he's run onto the to the throne to be hiding behind this for line of sight, to be standing on top of it for plus one save. Right. And he's a, you know, he's a tanky guy, your arch region. He's got, you know, he's got, he'll have a three up save when he's standing on this with cover and he's healing three wounds a turn. So, and he can be minus one to hit if you have, you know, your ghouls also around the throne. And, um, and so it is a useful little piece for keeping those support heroes alive, you know, and, um, I think lots and lots of games I've hidden, you know, a small hero in here, or even you can try and like, there's, if, if the terrain on the table is set up, right, you can get a sort of angle where you can line up your ghouls behind it. And you're like, you know, I need to leave 10 ghouls sitting on my home objective, you know, and they're, you know, they're just going to be in their deck chairs. Um, their deck chairs might as well be behind this tower of bone. And, you know, even despite the fact that I probably never remember it, um, inspiring and sinister, This ties into what we were saying before. It's hard to remember because it's not going to come up a lot, but it's exactly those battles where you're like, I've got 10 ghouls on this objective. My opponent has put five life takers down and we fought, you know, and I lost four ghouls and he lost three life takers. And you're like, ooh, a battle shock test here could decide who controls the objective or something. And you're like, there plus one, you know, again, you know, everything, all the important stuff is dead. Your heroes have run away. You know, you don't know what's going on. That minus one bravery, you know, that can really have a big effect. I had a game recently, it was with um, Nighthaunt rather than, than Flesh Eater, course, but where I had the minus one bravery meant that one eel battle shocked off and won me the game. And well, I, I like- I've I've
0: had I've had a man crusher a twelve wound man crusher run from Battleshop, because they have only got bravery <laughs> seven right <laughs> yeah but bravery seven and and garkets don't have a lot of CP they've got no battalions mm-hmm. There's yeah. like really no way generating a lot of CP and I had a mega I'm uh, no, a, a, a man crusher run I rolled a six there was yeah. a minus one there was a minus one and that hurt so. That can be the difference. You're right. Yep. That can be the difference between yep. retaining and scoring objective, removing a unit, uh, and sometimes it could be a uh, three wounds, two wounds. So mm-hmm. um, yep. they can be quite tanky as Iron well. Doors, so. right
1: stuff like stormcast. You know, again, where you're just like, oh yeah, you know, five liberators were here. That difference between killing one, you know, your ghouls do not go through liberators easily. So killing one from Battleshock is good. <laughs> again, I'm not trying to say like, oh, you know, your 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 Chanel throne is is just a crazy bravery debuff piece but it's just like don't just you know try and be like the important thing is getting my summoning out of it and after that how can i still use it you know a piece of terrain that gives you some defensive abilities is good you know it's just good it's mm-hmm. it's free real estate it's literally free real estate
0: so okay whether it's like blocking coherency and you know yeah. trying to yeah, like yeah, make yeah. units go around a little bit further um you know, it's it's definitely no OBR piece of terrain. It's not the, the, the yeah. massive footprint. But in saying that, I think you're right. It's, I think I think some people are quick to just dispose of it just as you summon and then move along. I think it's good that you, you – know just to – I wanted to highlight a few other ways. Yeah. Just, you know, even line of sight, you know, a lot of uh, – there's some, a lot of shooting coming back at the moment. Uh, it's not going to help you against Lumineth. Sorry, guys, <laughs> with, your, with the archers. But, you it know, just, if you, if you really want to have – it does give you cover. Well, I mean, they ignore line of sight, like they're just fishing for those mortal wounds. Yeah. Bits. Yeah. But
1: you, you're, they're going to get two normal hits and you're going to save both on exactly threes and you're going to be really happy. But you're on yeah, your, you're going to roll your six up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, save. Exactly. Like, you know,
0: and, 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 you know, the other cool thing as well is that the terrain piece is just a lovely looking piece of terrain. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Um, Before we get into your list, I I did want to get your quick thoughts on something that came out recently, which is, you know, Broken Rob's Techless. And Broken Rob's Techless did give us a battalion um, for for you, for Flesh Eater Courts. And I was looking at it, and like when I was doing my review, I'm like, "Eh, it's kind of all right. Like when I looked at it, it's like, right, well, first off, my arch region is named, so I can't do a lot with it. I looked at it and go, right, I've got to have a unit of horrors, got to have a unit of ghouls. Okay. I mean, I'm more of a flayer man than a horror guy, but yeah. okay, there's there's potential in there. But then I'm like, right, well, I get to not take bravery tests for my archery, you know, within an arch region bubble. And I'm like, well, ghouls are already 10 bravery. Like, what's what's so good about that? Um, but then I also get my, uh, my Ravaging Crusader command ability without spending a CP. Mm-hmm. So when I looked at this and I'm like, I, I don't see, I don't see the big uptake on this other than obviously things that I was already taking, reducing my drops, Yeah. but locking, but locking my arch regent to be a unique yeah, character. Can- like, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah. I mean, right. When you make them a unique character, all I'm thinking really is you're losing probably the dermal robe, right? The buff to casting. And if your, t- if your list is taking more than one arch regent hard now with the points or just, you know, you know, more than one wizard or something like that, you can probably find somewhere else to put your artifact, you know, or your two artifacts. I'm, I'm going to say, and it, like, I'm going to say that it's actually a good battalion if you're going to play a list that, you know, a Morn list that is going to have these things in it. So if I was playing a Morn list, there's a good chance I do actually have a unit of ghouls in it. Um, mm. And then this, this sort of thing makes me think, okay, well, I could actually probably play you know, a unit of forty ghouls, and keep them with my arch region. That makes sense to me. If I had forty ghouls in Morn, um, my arch region can keep up with them, like we were talking about before. And the battle shock thing isn't terrible. And you know, the the only thing I don't like about this sort of command trade is it's only your general who can use the ravenous crusader's command ability. It's not. Um, it's not anyone which is a bit annoying but again if you have a general i don't believe your arch region has to be your general even though he's named so you have your you know your crypt haunter courtier who keeps up with your horrors um he can use this which i think is is plus one to run and charge and you can run in charge or plus one to hit and charge It's, it's you know nice little buff for your horrors basically your knights um that's fine you know that's a free cp um once per battle, you know, it's not as good as like Fisei, which is once per turn, but it's fine. And it's a hundred points and it doesn't really have any tax units. That's what I, so sort of when I look at the, the battalion, I'm like, it doesn't have any tax and it's reasonably cheap. So if I was going to run if I was already thinking about a list where I was like, I want to take some ghouls in my horrors list, um, then this battalion isn't terrible. I sort of, I think what you're saying is I don't really know the list that I'm building. That, that makes me, you know, I don't see this this uh, battalion and think, whoa, this has opened me up to this new idea for a list that's going to be crazy powerful. But I can see myself being like, oh, I have a list already. I'd like to get an extra artifact. I'd like to drop Bingo. down in drops.
0: Bingo. That's where I see this. I see this. Um, I see this because a lot there's a lot of battalions where you start with the battalion first and then you yep. build within it. Yep. Um, but then there's other ones like this, where I'm looking at my, uh, my Morn and I'm like, right, well, I've already got the horror. I've already got the ghouls. I've already got the arch regent. Um, and so basically what I'm saying is I wouldn't build around this particular battalion, yeah. but if I already had, if I was already building Hollow if I was already going to take these units. It might be worth the consideration. Yeah, um, and Ravaging Crusaders well gives you the plus one to run and charge until your next hero phase. Yeah, um, and you can still and you can run and charge yeah. later in the same turn. So being able to really slingshot a large unit of horrors, mm-hmm. um, and you know you could stack that with Chronomatic Cogs. You could find other ways to kind of increase that. That could be a turn one charge. You you know yeah.
1: You, uh, might, you know what I mean? Like yeah, you you can do exactly. And I, I sort of think also with Flesh Eater Courts. I'm looking at this 100-point price tag, and I'm like, so that means I'm probably looking at a list where I'm saying, do I want 10 more ghouls, one endless spell, or this battalion? You know, because there aren't a lot of things in Flesh Eater Courts that cost 100 points or less. You know, your extra command point, which this sort of is anyways... You know, and you get the, C- and you, and you get the it, CP, yeah. so... And you sort of get two CP, right, because you're getting this once-per-battle use of a command ability. So it sort of strikes me as if I had a list that had, you know, it's probably got an arch region. If I had a list with Horrors and Ghouls and I wanted to play Hallamorn, I'd be like, oh, I have 100 points spare. I might as well just slot in this sort of free two CP, free one artifact thing. Again, I don't, I don't see myself building a list based on it, but I can see, you know, that you might be like, oh, yeah, okay, I'll do that.
0: Agreed. I, a hundred percent. And that was kind of my general take. So, mm-hmm. um, but what is not a general take is list number one. Um, so I'm just putting a timestamp on. Um, so what we're going to look at here is your, your first list. And I think, um, we're going to talk about blister skin and I'd love to, again, find out one, are you building around all four of these? You're going to get yourself an ability, you get yourself a command ability, you get yourself a command trait, you get yourself an artifact. Um, Are all four of these important? Why blister skin? And we'll obviously then connect it to some of the lists and kind of Mm -hmm. break it down and how you kind of tapping into it. But, you know, for the people who are joining on the podcast who may not have the battle time in front of them, some of the key things you need to know is that your ability, you're going to get plus two to your movement characteristic for blister skin units. Um, your artifact is going to subtract one to the hit rolls for attacks made by missile weapons, targeting friendly blister skin within six. It's not too bad. Um, you've also then got yourself a command trait which, um, um uh if the general's on the battlefield, you're gonna get yourself a command point on a four plus. Uh, and then finally Lords of the Burning Sky, which gives you a whole bunch of things. Um <laughs> I'm not gonna it's, read it's that. Out. Tele- uh, te- <laughs> you can
1: teleport flying units, basically.
0: Cool. Yeah. I was <laughs> I was just gonna make a quick summary, <laughs> but yeah, you can you teleport something and and your traditional stay outside of nine, yes, which yeah. uh and you can't yeah. move after that. So Talk to me, are all four of these good? Why blister
1: skin compared to the rest? Yeah. So, I mean, right. So the first one, this is sort of what I think when I think of like, am I taking blister skin? I'm often thinking of, you know, it's plus two to move to your whole army. Um, and that's really good. That's it's like, it turns your flayers who go a really long way already into like, you know, you're sort of, you can almost, because they go so far, it's almost like plus two to their charge instead of plus two to their move. But it, it you know, it, it just, and it makes your slow units like your heroes and your ghouls just turns them from sort of slowish units to sort of fastish units. Your ghouls moving six are now moving eight, which is actually pretty fast for the type of infantry that they are. So that's really good. Um, that is awesome. First- as, as someone who plays a lot of armies, movement yeah. eight, battle yeah, line, that's fast.
0: That's a fast. horde, yeah. a horde is awesome. But then yeah. you think about something like the, uh, the, 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 uh, flayers, the flayers move twelve, so that makes them fourteen.
1: Yeah. The core,
0: the what is it? The horrors are moving sevens, so that's nine.
1: Mm-hmm. Like
0: that's crazy.
1: Yeah, it really does. I think it's you know it can look small on paper, just plus two, but it really is like a considerable amount of movement. If you if you often think that you're like positioning yourself so that you're ending up on a seven inch charge, you know, um, you're now positioning yourself so most of the time you're on a five inch charge, and that you know, or you're you know you're sort of you know, your deployments get, you know, that much closer, so you've got that much more turn one threat. Two inches actually can be quite a lot. Um, I think we'll come to Lords of the Burning Skies the teleport last. Um, the command trade is good, you know, just on a four plus, you're getting an extra command point. That's really good. Um, it's, you know, you need, as we've talked about, those command abilities, Feeding Frenzy is tying your whole army together, so getting free command points, you know, it's, it's just good. It's just good. You know, it's a four plus, it's not the most reliable version of this rule, but it's, it's really good, especially in a game where, you know, we've moved on from original Flesh Eater Courts, where you, you can't stack command points in your list anymore. Ether Quartz Broached, which used to give you some free command points, doesn't exist. Uh, these are really valuable. You know, if you think about, um, you've got a list with, you know, whatever big combat unit it is, this four plus is giving you, is doubling the damage of one of your units. That's sometimes, you know, that's sometimes a 400, point, 400 points worth of damage in that command point. Um, we got Eye of Hish, which is minus one to be shot around one hero with the artifact, that's good. Again, we've talked about there's a lot of shooting. You don't want your heroes to die, you know, especially before they summon, especially before they get their first set of buffs up for your alpha strike, you know, stuff like that. So, it, you know, if you've got an arch regent who, again, he's on the throne, so he's a three-up save. He's minus one to hit from this, um, this artifact. He's minus one to hit from Lookout, sir. He's hard to see because he's, you know, in the nooks and crannies of this um, bone throne. And... Um that's just I think it's just it, you know, again, it's a lot of times the the tax artifact you have to take is something that you're like, this doesn't really do anything. Like for example, the Gristle Gore one is, you know, once per uh once per game, you can eat like a small unit by rolling over its wound. That's you know, you're like, okay, it, it's decent, you know, it lets you eat standard bearers, but it's not great. This this I just think is is pretty good for attack considering you have to take it. And then Lord of the Burning Skies, um, the teleport. Uh, is is solid, you know. I I think when you move so fast, it's sort of a weird. It's it's at odds sometimes with some of the other stuff, um, and it only works on units who that can fly, which are your faster units. But there is a nice combo where uh, the spell spectral host for flesh eater courts, which I uh, I've taken in my list, and is probably one of the best spells, Shh, which allows. Sh,
0: sh, we haven't got to that yet. They don't know that.
1: Yeah, well, I'm just gonna say it's a, all right. But there's right. a combo with Spoiler. this later. No spoilers. Yeah, okay. Um. But uh, but yeah, the teleport, again, this can be good late game, right? Where you're like, I've, I've been fighting over in, the, in one corner of the battlefield to win this objective. And now it is nice to just be able to pick up, you know, sometimes there's only, you know, it can be, you know, one model. And you're like, I'm going to teleport it to the other side of the board so that I can recap my home objective that doesn't have anyone on it. You know, so having a teleport is really good. Again, it costs a command point. That's probably the, the most annoying thing about it, and you really do want to be spending, as we've talked about, command points on feeding frenzy. But, you know, late game, you've got no CP left. You roll your four plus. you So you now you have two CP in your turn, and you can teleport, and you can feeding frenzy, and you're just living your best life. So, again, it's a I, good, very good tool in the toolbox. I was just
0: doing some maths, and I, I want to put <laughs> into context just how, how important this might be. Like, when I look at the two-inch movement, right, you're like, eh, so what? remember some some of the scenarios that we play have an 18 inch difference between me and my opponent's line so if i deploy let's say a unit of flayers on my deployment line 15 inches up and my opponent happens to put something on their 15 inch line if they move 14 and there's 18 inches difference between us that's a four inch charge yeah turn one charge before you get your buffs on i could be in combat yeah. um if I think I chronomatic cogs, if there are other ways to increase that movement or, 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 inst- you know, I, I roll a, I don't know let's say I roll really hot on that four inch charge being flayers, they can yeah. fly over and get into some juicy centers. So, um, you can do a lot with that, even though it's only
1: two. Yeah. Well, we're, we also double, we're going to see, we double dip in that in, um, in one of our lists coming up as well. We got, it, it, it is really good. And it's like, I've played a lot of games where you're looking at, you're like, okay, I need to run my ghouls onto this objective, you know? And I'm like, my hero's not, you know, again, I'm thinking you know a lot about these sort of turn three, turn four, turn five, late game situations where you're like, okay, I need a six, you know, I need a five or a six to make the run. You're like, okay, now you only need a three or a four. Yeah. And you're like, okay, like, again, like just, you know, you're like, oh, I need to screen. I need to get this hero in range to cast Feeding Frenzy. You know, you I, don't, just, I don't need to spend the command point to get the yeah, six because exactly. an
0: average three or four is enough.
1: Yeah, and you're making that most of the time, and it really just is – it's really nice. Again, it's sort of – you know, you don't get the, the charge buff that you do with cogs, but it also doesn't affect your opponent. So having plus two to move to your whole army is just really good. Yeah, it's it is really good. Cool. And um,
0: as I move into your first list, um, uh, Warhammer Rob in the chat made a really good point, and I know you've you've said it, and I'll I'll reinforce it. One of the things about about flesh eater courts is that they are quite command point hungry. Um, mm. You're probably going to want to reroll charges. You want to be able to reroll hits. Let alone things like feeding frenzy and all the other yeah. good stuff you have access to. There are some really good command points. So getting them early and being able to generate them on a four plus in addition to the throne, in addition to having battalions, um, you know, the more CP you could have, um, the better in this army.
1: Yeah, absolutely. True. Absolutely. True. Um, yeah, cool. and become- so I'll oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll read Go out right. the list.
0: I'll read out the list, and then you you can tell me all about it. So <laughs> this is list number one. This is the Royal Mordant's list. Um, what you've got in it? It is a blister skin list. You've got yourself a, um, a Ghoul King on Terrorgeist. um You've got the artifact, the Eye of Hish, which is what we have to take. You've got the uh, Law of Madness, the Spell of Spectral Host, um, and then your mount trait for your Terrorgeist is the Gruesome Bite. You've got yourself a Vargulf Courtier, you've got yourself a Abhorrent Arch Regent with the Artifact of the Dermal Robe and the Spectral Host, so you've doubled down on one particular spell. You've got yourself 40 Crypt Ghouls, 6 Flayers, 10 Crypt Ghouls, 6 Horrors, Royal Mordents. Um, that comes in at a total of two thousand points. You got yourself one extra command point from the battalion, and I'm just going to quit. What does what does raw do again? So I, I can't it, I've it, used
1: it. It gives you one uh, within, I think you know, wholly within sixteen or twelve inches of your Vargulf courtier. One unit from the battalion. So that's the Vargulf himself, the ghouls, the flayers, or the horrors. Um, gets to gets a free move in the hero phase. So. That's what I was sort of saying, and you're now so now you're plus two to move is plus four to move because you're moving twice in the same turn. Um,
0: so this is a th- this is a three drop list, right? Because your courtiers so, in the battalion, your yep. ghouls, your flayers. Oh no, you've got yeah, it's yeah, four. So
1: drop. it's two heroes, the one unit of ghouls, and then because the ten ghouls are not in the battalion, and then the battalion, so it's four drops. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, because yeah, you got yeah,
0: because because you, you're gonna take one of co- courtier, one horror, yep. one flayer, one ghoul.
1: Yeah, so it's sort of a mismatch. Um, so, um, yeah, so basically, you know, um, we've got the Terrorgeist. Good threat, does really good damage. You know, has this, um, has the mount trait for rerolling the bite, which is where you get a lot of your damage from. Uh, yeah, I've doubled down on Spectral Host. I know some people, when they play Royal Moderns, so you can take, uh, what's the spell called? Deranged Transformation, which basically gives a unit... Uh, additional move equal to their wounds. It doesn't work on high wound things, but you can basically make your horrors or flares plus four to move, which when they're moving twice is plus eight to their move. Um, I've sort of found that's overkill, and um, I like having Spectral Host on the Terrorgeist, who often is who needs it, and on the Arch Regent, who, even though you can't cast it in the same turn, who um, can buff your sort of backline with it. And this is, when I was talking before, um... Lord of the Burning Skies allows you to teleport one unit that can fly anywhere on the board. And Spectral Host, it has two effects. One, it lets you run and charge if you can fly. And if you can't fly, it gives you fly. So, you know, once your Terrorgeist is, you know, if it's later in the game, he's probably dead. Hopefully killed a lot of things, but probably dead because he's the threat. He's one of the biggest threats. Your Arch- you see, can- see Terrorgeist on
0: the table and people just go for yeah, it. Yeah, exactly.
1: So- this guy has the biggest target on his head, so... You know, and he's going to do some terrible damage to other people. Um, so you've probably gotten a good trade out of him. But your Arch Regent can cast Spectral Host on himself, on on these on these ghouls, on your horrors. And that gives them Fly. And then you can use um, that Lord of the Burning Skies to teleport them because they are a unit with Fly now. Um, but, yeah, so, so the list... It, it you know, I think one of the, I think this is the uh, my favorite list to play in Flesh of Courts Royal Mordens because that move makes you so fast. And you, you, you know, there are a variety. You can put this in different Grand Courts. You can do, you know, when I first played this list, I played it in Gristlegore, Gore where I had Sword of Judgment um, on the Vargulf Courtier. And so that Hero Phase move, you know, you're, the Vargulf, this, you know, people talk a lot about this Smashbat build and, you know, you can take a different artifact. You can put an artifact on the Vargulf to make him hit harder. But basically what you do, the Vargulf gets to reroll hits if there's any successful spells cast near him um in the hero phase so you you know you cast you know plus d3 attacks on your vargulf, you cast spectral Host on your vargolf and so what he's going i think you know i think he's a 12 inch move as well so he's going um 12 inches no he's plus 10 two. he, he oh, he's, he's 10 he's 10 plus, he's 10 plus, plus two yeah, yeah yeah i always i always have to remember i'm like if i already
0: added the two um but no, yeah, I, so I can't remember I remember he's always like that just a little bit slower than my my flayers, or just a little bit slower than the terror guys, and like as like turn two and turn three that gap just becomes larger and larger. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a base of ten.
1: Um so yeah, so he's so he's ten, so he's 12 with blister skin. So you've got you put spectral host on him, and he's going 12 inches plus a run in the hero phase. Then he's going another 12 inches plus a run in the movement phase, and then he's charging. Um and that you can really use him as a seeker missile to kill a lot of things. Like, again, when he's piling, in, you know, he's using that Feeding Frenzy on himself. Um, he's piling and attacking twice. He's got these buffs on him. You know, you can, um, you know, you can, he can CP himself to Feeding Frenzy, you know. So that's one use of Royal Mordens. But the the thing I like about it is you can use it, on any of these units, so you can use it on the courtier, you can use it on the forty ghouls, you can use it on the six players, you can use it on the six horrors. And again, so your crypt ghouls are going from okay, this is a unit that has a six-inch move, to now crypt ghouls have an eight-inch move, and they're moving twice, so they're now a sixteen-inch move um, with uh, you know that you're sort of firing this block of horrors for. And again, if you're giving plus D three attacks if, um, to a unit of forty crypt ghouls you're, you know, you're doing hundreds of hundreds of attacks. And, you know, again, that's, that's before, you know, all of these units, because, because of this battalion, um, all of these units become like a missile that you can throw at your opponent. And, you know, because the courtier and the flares um, are flying, and you still have access to this teleport, you know, it's sort of a there's not a lot of safe situations for your opponent to be in. And, and like, Again, you talk about this list and I often am talking about the courtier flying, you know, he's going he's killing, you know, a really important hero anywhere on the board. You know, these crypt flayers are going a million miles to take out, you know, like Mortec crawlers, you know, tie them up, stuff like that. That's all on top of the fact that you do have this abhorrent ghoul king on a royal terror geist who just, you know, he slaps. He's gonna kill stuff. He's like your opponent cannot ignore this big guy while he's got the you've got these smaller threats just pinging around the board. And what I found when I played this um i played it in sort of the era when gristlegore and um slanesh were uh in their heyday and you were really killing these monsters with the vargul um is i would explain to my opponent what what i did i was like okay so he can run and charge and he can run so he can move in the hero phase and run and move and they were like okay and then they're like okay he can go pretty far but what they don't realize is they're like wait how did he get me 48 inches away and kill because they like they've got I think also they've got a screen, right? So they're like, this screen is here in front, but they don't realize that you stop in your hero phase three inches from the screen and then just completely clear it and in, with your second move, and they're like, Whoa, that is really far, you know. And then you know, maybe you've had to trade your vargulf courtier there. But what you trade it, you're like, okay, so I've killed one really important monster, you know, one or you know, kill killed this support hero, done something with this teleport. Then they also will have to spend some resource to kill the Vargo, You know, something has to then turn around and fight him, which is a unit that isn't scoring. You know, it's it, it sort of he he doesn't he he's like an endless spell, but he's still alive afterwards. Um, and again, you can, yeah. There's a notice a ch- uh, comment that says you could put this list in in Hallamorn Hallamorn as well. And yeah, same thing. You know, you're then buffing up your horrors who do they don't have the fly that your flayers do, but they hit harder. You know. So you you could and, and again you're like, oh, you know, horrors are crypt horrors are a little slower. And you're like, yeah, but that, that they benefit more from this double move, you know? So yeah. like your crypt flares, you know, they're maybe fast enough to get something, you know, get to where you need them to go anyways. You know, you're like, my I'm happy with my flares because they're going fourteen or twelve in Hollow Morn. Um and so they can get to So now my horrors, which are normally their weaknesses that they do they do big damage, but they're slow, you're like, Well, they've already they've moved twice. So now they're hitting something really hard. And the thing you do have to remember is that it's the var, you need to be within range of the Vargulf courtier to move in the hero phase. So if you send your Vargulf courtier <laughs> off as your first missile, you're probably not sending a second missile. Um, and sometimes that's still right to do. But you can do something like, again, if you're looking at this and you're like, oh, my Crypt Horrors, I don't think they're, they're going to be the least useful um, in this particular game. You can ping them forward. You're like, they're my turn one threat. I throw them into you know, my opponent, maybe it's a screening, you know, something like, you know, uh, that your opponent doesn't want to lose, but had to screen with, you know, into like 30 demonettes or a bunch of chain rasps. And you're like, okay, look, I've killed this unit with my really buffed up horrors with a turn one threat. And I haven't made a big sacrifice. You know, I'm still backed up by my 40 crypt Ghouls, my six flares, my terror guys that are my big threats. And it's like, well, you, you can't leave the horrors there where they hit you turn one, but you're not, it's not an efficient trade for your opponent to deal with them.
0: And then spoiler, <laughs> your, 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 ghoul king is going to summon something else as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that was going, that was going to kind of bring me to a question that I know some people are probably wonder, wondering is I can take a ghoul king on a terror geist. I can take a ghoul king on a zombie dragon. Mm-hmm. And for someone who maybe doesn't have a lot of experience, when you look at the two war yep. scrolls, the zombie dragon has a better shooting attack. The mm-hmm. zombie dragon summons a hero. Like it brings on a, a courtier yep. as opposed to the terror geist, which is, I don't think the shooting attack is nearly as good on the terror yeah. geist, but no. in combat, the terror geist does far more damage than the yep. zombie dragon does. And the zombie, the terror geist summons a unit of knights, So you can bring mm-hmm. on an extra unit of flayers or horrors, not, not horrors, uh, Flayers, Yeah. Flares yep. or horrors. horrors yeah. Um, so so like what's the rationale like why yeah. like is there is there a situation that you'd bring in the zombie dragon um like so, the obviously the ghoul king on the zombie dragon Yeah heads. yeah yeah the
1: the the way I break it down when I sort of crunched a reasonable amount of numbers on this is um the terrorgeist does the most damage by himself and that's why I that's why I bring him if you're bringing two mounted kings the most damage you can get is the zombie dragon and the terrorgeist because the zombie dragon has this um aura spell of uh reroll wounds which is really good for a lot of the things you know in a list like this you can still be casting that and giving all your ghouls reroll wounds which is nutty for damage or your flares and stuff like that it's not a bad choice i pick it basically because in this list as i said where you're sort of firing units off here and there i like i'm trying to maximize the sort of independent threat of the terror guys and then in terms of the summoning uh both are really good like i've i think Again, if, if, if someone was like, oh, I'm totally new and I can only remember three rules, I'd probably just be like, just pretend your Mounted Kings can't summon. Because most of the time, um, you're better off spending those command points on um, Feeding Frenzy, as we said, or a tr- uh, not a Triumph, but the generic command abilities for rerolls or running six when you're gonna chart, those things. Um, so if, if you're new to Flesh Eater Courts, I don't think you have to worry about like, oh, the different summons on uh, the Royal Geist Mounted King versus the Zombie Dragon. Um, but also both can be good. Both can be good. You yes. know, if you do summon a Vargulf Courtier from your Zombie Dragon, he's got, he can, he's got that independence. So he comes on from a board edge. He can reroll his nine inch charge on himself. He can feeding frenzy himself when he makes it in. The three flares can come on um, if you're summoning them from the Terrorgeist and they can scream at a small screening unit. Um, they can make a charge they can provide a backline threat they can steal an objective um so I think both are good um and it doesn't really uh sort of distinguish the two between, uh, i don't i don't use what they summon to distinguish between them when I'm building but this. i think but but I
0: think you've drawn out the the point that I wanted out of you. And that is that the terrorgeist, um, the gulking on terrorgeist, is more of an independent threat where yeah. you know it'll it'll you know it doesn't have to babysit anybody, it does what it needs to do, and the rest of your army acts as it does. Oh while right, one one I was going to say, while the Ghoul King on Zombie Dragon is probably better as a support piece. It, 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 you know, if you have a Ghoul King on, on, um, on Zombie Dragon, you've got yourself a unit of, I don't know, nine Flayers uh, potentially, you yep. know, then throwing down that, you know, um, that the Hunger spell. It's a generous spell. So it's only a casting value of six. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the threat range is eighteen, sorry, 16 inches on a very large base. Yeah. Um, you can do some really, really tough things <laughs> off the back of that.
1: Bit. Absolutely. Um, sorry, you yeah, yeah. The only thing I, I'd sort of f- briefly forgotten is that also the Ghoul King on Terrorgeist has the um, unholy vitality spell, which gives you this five up after save. Um, so that that's also a really good spell for keeping him alive. Or you know, again, you can slap it on your ghouls. You can slap it on anything. You can slap it on the missile you're about to shoot across the um, shoot across the table. You know, so if you are going to send your Vargov courtier on a suicide mission, you can give him. <laughs> yes, glad to hear it, Zardog. Um, you, can, you can give your Vargulf Courtier this 5-up after save. It doesn't stack with your death the Deathless Courtier, so you've only got a 5-up um, instead of a 6-up. Yeah. But it's twice as good. The 5-up is twice as good. Um, and so you can slap that on your Vargulf Courtier before you send him away. And again, it, it just feeds into that strategy I was saying before of you've taken out you know something with the Vargulf Courtier, and now your opponent's like, I don't want to get hit by this guy again. You know, I don't want, cause he's, you know, the Vargolf Courtier is in your back line, sure, but he can be anywhere on the board in the next turn cause he's still going to move twice, you know, as long as he's alive. And if you put a five up, you know, maybe you've slapped Mystic Shield on him and a five, five up after save. And maybe you managed because you can move infinite inches to land on a, cov- a piece of cover, you know, you're in spike Giss and you just land on their Loon Shrine and bite Scragrod to death. And you're just like, yeah, okay. And now they're like, oh, I don't want to have to turn around and deal with this guy, but I have to.
0: No, no, excuse me. Don't don't, don't bring bringing
1: my my Git and in, scrap into this. <laughs> I've i actually just been working on Scry. The hey. thing that's making me I'm just thinking I'd rather have this Vargolf come in and uh, kill my heroes than. Um that big wind fox just come in and smash my loon train to bits. <laughs> I think I think, I think think one
0: other point that I might want to make before we move on is mm. that whenever there's a Terrorgeist on the table, it's always enemy number one. Yeah. And you could be running Flayers and Horrors and um, the Vargulf to, towards your opponent, but they will always ignore it because the number one yeah. threat, and if you ignore the Terrorgeist, even when it's damaged, yeah. fishing for those sixes for the gaping maw... It could do so much damage, even when it's like almost dead. So yeah. you can't ignore it. But the good thing is, then it allows you to do some real cool manipulation with the courtier, your flares, and your horrors. Yeah, exactly. Um, because because they, they're not they're not focusing on them.
1: I think you've hit it on the head. Like the, you, you, again, it's it's like a two part list. If you've got these little missiles that you're firing off that your opponent has to deal with, and they it gives your opponent a headache because they can be anywhere on the board, and then it's backed up by just. The powerhouse of probably the feck book, which is this terror guys, just mortal wounds, eating things, flying around, flying and charging, got a five up save, minus one to be shot, you know, all this good stuff. And it heals. I think people forget yes, about that. Yes, it yes, heals. Yes. Like, when, when, is it, when, turn, when is it? When is every, every it? Every hero phase. D3,
0: D3, it heals. Um, so uh you've got 14 wounds but you know if you get some lucky rolls and you're healing three a turn and you know if you want to double down with like emerald life swarm or something Mm -hmm. or you find yourself a healing piece of terrain um that guy can hang around for a long time yeah
1: and also like that d3 heal again is synergizing with having a five up ward save right that d3 those wounds are worth more because they're protected by this after save And, and i think as a quick last comment again this is an easy list you know people have already pointed out in chat um it's an easy list to change up how you see fit, right? There's a there's a lot of spare points here. Um, yeah, free roll hits and wounds. Yeah, so for the zombie dragon, buffing up a nine horrors, nutty. But yeah, exactly. This list, you can you've got spare points in these units. You know, you can say, oh, I don't really. I played it with three horrors instead, where I just use them to you know kill screens, kill five life takers, and you drop. You can you can you can sort of expand or detract the sizes of these units. You can get an extra hero in, you can do whatever you want. There's a lot of wiggle room in the points of this. So you could get cogs in, like you said.
0: Yeah, I like it. And I, and I do like, um, so obviously, you know, uh, it's easy to for taste, guys. I really like that you've got the, the two versions of Spectral Host. It obviously doesn't mean that JP can cast it twice, but mm-hmm. it just means that should, you know, that Terror guys go down really quickly or be outside of the, its threat range or has been drawn into something or you, it gets removed from the table. And, and you see this a lot, in, especially in Death Armies, where there's something like, you know, um, you know, Fading Vigor and there's certain yeah. spells in the Death Book that you just want – you. Wanted it on the table at all times to so take yeah, a double, yeah, yeah. triple just to guarantee that you've got the option and you can cast it in the best position. Exactly. Talk to me about, so, so we we know for a fact that Royal Morden is forcing you to take a unit of ghouls, flayers and horrors. Mm-hmm. So I guess the couple of questions I have is, um, why did you take a block of 40 ghouls? Why not just go minimum? Mm-hmm. Um, the other questions i probably have is again, probably the same thing. Why did you go six and six as opposed to maybe going nine flares and three horrors yeah. or the, the vice versa? Um, and then what's the other 10 ghouls bring into the table? I think it's probably like the, the mixture of how you've built it. I'm, I'm yeah. very
1: curious. So uh, I think the easiest one is the, the last 10 ghouls is just, uh, for, you know, for this list, I have to fill out battle line and that's the cheapest way to do it. Um, as we said, there's a million things to flavor it. So, so, um, and I've played a bunch of these variations. One thing, the reason I've taken 40 ghouls rather than minimum is it gives me, I feel like, one extra threat. So, uh, like, what I've found with playing, say, i played this list with nine flares and three horrors. Um, and that's a bit nicer because the bigger block of flares can be regenerated easier from the Vargulf. For people who don't know, Vargulf, Courtier, and your hero phase, you roll six dice and five ups regenerate Um, a model. So you can bring back flares and the bigger your model, the less likely it's been totally wiped out and you can get that region. And that is good. The thing that I've found here does, but courtier does both. Doesn't it can bring back, can bring back ghouls and it can bring back. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. You can bring back any of these, any of these units you want from your var So the bigger your unit, the more likely you are to get good value out of that. But what I found with the nine flares was it made it a, it made me a bit more loathe to throw that unit sort of away as a missile. It's just a bit more expensive. And because of the, the fact that flares have a one-inch reach and big bases, don't know exactly how big, but uh, big enough that a one-inch reach makes ranks hard. 50s? Are they on 50s or 60s? Yeah, I think they're on 50 millimeter bases. Uh, that they're quite right large bases. It's basically, I just found it hard to get nine flares worth of um, damage out of the nine flares if I was pinging them across the board. Um, and... This, it also, when I, as I said, I've run it with three horrors, um, and I just like having this sort of all three of these units the 40 block of ghouls, the six block of flares, and the six block of horrors are all something that scales decently with buffs. You know, if I do give it plus D3 attacks, if I do give it a reroll or something like that, or a save, it's a decent unit to slap that buff on, and it is a threat, you know? So that, so again, I'm not, I don't think. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't claim that this is the best Royal Mordens list you can, you can bring. There are a bunch of different versions. I know Luke Ingram at the Victorian Grand Tournament played a gristlegore version of this list where instead of, essentially, instead of the big unit of ghouls, he had the unmounted Terrorgeist, um, which isn't in the battalion, but again, it's another threat. There are a million ways to build this, but what I like about this is that the big block of ghouls is a threat. When it can move twice, you know, I played this list against KO and um, I killed an Ironclad with these 40 ghouls moving twice as far and completely surrounding the ironclad so that everything inside it died when the boat exploded. And again, it's the sort of thing you tell your opponent what you're going to do, but often until you've seen it, it can be hard to totally understand. The only thing is you had to roll a lot of dice. For the but again, like when, when, when I look at the table and I've got a king on guys I have flayers, I yeah. have horrors,
0: I have the Vargulf that people are now paying more attention to. Yeah. And if you were lucky to get Curse City, um, there's now a really cool sculpture yeah, of Vargulf. Yeah, yeah. Like people, Amazing. I hate my I hate my old Vargulf model. This new Vargulf type model, it's, it's, you're going to see so many of them on the table. um You've just got a lot of threats, and I think one thing I like about the way you've done it as well is that when you've got a nine and a three it's easy to see where the thread is going and yeah, you know exactly, you can anticipate that yeah. when you have six and six, it's hard to tell sometimes. And you know, you might focus on one, but then the other one is just as strong and that's the one that pips you. Mm-hmm. So, and, exactly. and obviously, as you said as well, you know, getting nine in combat is quite tough. Um, but one thing that I, I, uh, sorry, is there anything else you want to talk about this particular part? I do no, have a no. burning, I have a burning question. Yeah, yeah, no, hit I'm, me. I'm dying to ask it. Hit me, Lord of the Burning Skies, question. Chalice. Yeah. Why on earth <laughs> don't you have this endless spell? And it's a, it's a it's an important question because I really like the chalice. It it synergizes with your what you're trying to do really well. But right now we're in a meta where you have croak you have techless, you have, um, so many like Lord of Changes. You've got so many super casters. Um, cities of Sigma have gotten the settlers game. Now, this super casting wizard faction, there's a lot of magic supremacy right now. And Flesh Eater Quartz isn't that good in casting. Like you don't get a lot of pluses. You don't have a lot of supercasters, and like, is it, is it because you don't have the points? Is it because it's harder to get off? Or the trade-off just wasn't worth it
1: compared to something in the list. It's a great question. Um, I'm a first. I'm going to say a brief thing, which I is not in my list at the moment. But the corpse Cart is a unit you can ally in. Gives all your wizards within eighteen inches plus one to cast. It's really good. Um, it at really at the moment. This- at the moment, we have no oh, idea. Yes, we that's have- true. We're a-
0: Grave Lords is guys don't go out and buy a, a don't go card. buy it. Alright, anyways, it it Grave really, Lords yeah. is coming because you could always you could always ally a vampire lord on foot, right? Because that would give you plus one attack. That used to be a good
1: is that a you, good I don't combo and ally uh, him in? I think it's only like death mages or whatever. I don't think vampire yeah, okay. I don't think so, like, uh, you could ally in. Um, but yeah. Uh, so uh, wait and see. This this gra- is gra- Grave, Grave Grave Lords good. is literally coming. Grave Lords is coming. <laughs> um, so. Um. So that that said, what I found. So I used to run Chalice in my list. Um. When I when I played the original, like when the, this book first came out. Um. And what I found was that it is a really amazing spell in some of the games. Um. And in other games, you fail to cast it, or you never want to cast it because you need to cast these other spells. Um. Can you still hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah, so basically, it's just you know the the we the changes for FEC came out and we got basically a squeeze on our points. Um, and for me, I was like, chalice is was just the nice to have that had to go. Um, it it was it won me games. I had you know games where I was like on two units of ten goals just surrounding the chalice, just desperately holding an objective because they were popping in and out of it. Really good really good spell when it works and it's absolutely you know i've had it heal a terror guys completely back up to full from one wound or two wounds and it is amazing but when when i'm thinking when i'm looking at a list like this that comes in exactly 200 and i'd have to be dropping um you know uh the the unit of 10 ghouls uh basically 10 ghouls out of this block of 40 for the chalice which as you say sometimes i'm not going to be able to cast it because i want to cast a different spell you know i don't want have an overload of wizards here I'm not going to be able to cast it cuz I want to cast a different spell. I'm not going to be able to cast it cuz croak just unbinds it. I'm like in in my head I'm like these 10 ghouls could have been regenerated from the chalice and we'll just say that that's how they got there. Um I think it's a great spell and if you want to include it you should. Um I just cut it cuz my experience was that it was a nice to have rather than a than a than a must have rather than something I was glad I took every single game
0: it's just hard to get off the table. I think yeah. even though it's a casting value of six right now, there's just so much more magical supremacy plus one yeah. to unbind. Yeah. You know, auto, auto unbind. So, um, mm-hmm. a lot of just
1: points just endless yeah. spells as well.
0: The last question I have before we move on to the, you know, the next list, and this is a really good oh, point yeah. is, is, um, Robert has asked, um, let's say hypothetically you have the option to go first or give mm-hmm. away the first turn. Um, Flesh-hitter courts don't have a good armor save traditionally. Um, you know, you're a bit of a glass cannon to a degree. Are you... And obviously each situation, each enemy, yeah, each yeah, yeah battle plan is going to change. But are you likely to give away the first turn and go for a double? Are you likely to advance first and try to like hit them in
1: turn one? Like, what's your general thinking? I, I like... I mean, I'd say overall in Age of Sigmar, going second and taking the... like you know, leaving yourself not open to a double turn and giving yourself the option of a double turn is always a good play. It's, um, you know, I think if you do that with every single army you play where you get the decision, it's going to hold you in reasonable stead. Um, and that applies to this as well. But I think this is a good army for taking the first turn in certain times, right? I've definitely, I think most of the times I played it, I ended up taking the first turn where because my opponent had not correctly anticipated what I could do with one of these units with the Royal Mordens move. That's what I would find. Like when I played versus Grissachor, when I played versus Slanesh, I just look at the board and I'd be like, my opponent has left a Keeper of Secrets behind a, you know, what they call a screen, obviously delusional, um, for my Vargolf Courtier to just go kill turn one. And I'm like, so um, I think this is an army where, again, if your opponent is, you know, they're KO and they've deployed entirely in a corner, um, or you know if your opponent has really understood your list and is in a complete impenetrable castle and is deployed defensively you know just let him you know let him go first and you you can get a double turn if you won, or you can go second you know you you have got the movement range threat that you're not too concerned about going first or second um but i would say that this is a list where i'd say in general in aos going second is probably better uh, as a rule but I would make sure that before you make the decision, if you've got the decision, you're reasonably low drops, um, look for is there a turn one opportunity to sort of cheese someone and just be like, oh yeah, I can actually just kill your you know, your, your hero that you really don't want to die. I can kill this threat. I can you know, throw all my buffs out. I can get and another thing with Flesh Eater Chords as you mentioned in the Magic Heavy meta is sometimes you can notice on turn one that, I mean, Crow can always unbind obviously, but you're like, oh, your Lord of Change is more than 30 inches away. And this might be the only turn that he is out of 30. So I'm going to take turn one so that I can get all my buffs on something and I'm going to ping something in as a threat. Um, so you can do that as well. So I'd say, yeah, if you, if, you're, if your default is go second, that's fine. But just but just before you make the decision, before you tell your opponent what you're going to do, just look at the board and be like, has he left himself open to um, to the, one of these sort of turn one Royal morden threats? And you can also scare them, right? Because you're you just after you finish deploying, you're measuring like you're just measuring stick, just forty eight inches long. Like, ooh, you're still in range, and they're like, oh no. <laughs> so, just have an eye open for it, going first. I think one thing that I've learned being a destruction player,
0: because when I played, when I, I mean, I learned this when I was a Flesh Eater Courts player with my formerly uh, the Royal Menagerie, now known mm. as Grizzle Gore, You've got to learn when not to overextend yourself. And and while playing aggressive can be really powerful because yeah. um, to to the point of um, George Lee um, mentioning before that, you know, it can be a bit flimsy. You can't take a punch. If you – I mean, you can take a punch, but, like, you don't have a really good armor safe. You don't no. have – you know, you're not Phoenix Guard. Um, you, you're not you're not OBR Mortec Guard with the Gothersar Harvester mm-hmm. at the back. You know, you, there's only so much you can take. Yeah. If if you get your numbers wrong or you overextend yeah. yourself and you think you try to charge and you fail the charge because you were you know overly overly optimistic, and someone charges you, you lose some yeah. of your benefits. Um, if you get double turn between turn one, turn two, or turn two to turn three that's going to be trouble for you. So um, yep. if you are going to build around it being aggressive, I think you are got to look for ways to increase that, whether it's going to be through Chronomatic Cogs, through additional spells, through things that are guarantee-, guarantee you almost uh, a turn one charge. Yeah.
1: I think I think you've touched on a good point, uh, actually, in general for how to play Flesh Eater Courts is I often think, we touched about the Terror guys always being dead at the end of the game, um, is... I think of it very much as a trading game when I play Flesh Eater Courts. I'm, you know, I'm like this Terrorgeist, As you say, he's got a four-up armor save, and he's got a spell to improve his deathless courtier save effectively. Um, that may or may not go off. So what I'm thinking, I'm not thinking about how do I keep my terror geist alive, because that is just unrealistic. What I'm thinking about is what's the most damage I can do with the terror geist before he dies, and how do I play the game after that? So I think when I played Flesh Eater Courts, um you know, I played I played one event where I played two Nagashes back-to-back, and a little bit of trivia, I have never guessed Hand of Dust correctly, and so I lost, you know, it was sort of one of those things where it was like turn one, one dragon dead, turn two, second dragon dead in both games, but I was managing to wipe out a whole unit, you know, in one game taking the gaff down to one wound, like, I, so I wasn't like, oh no, I hope my dragon lives, I was just like, I'm, Counting him as already dead, and I've traded him for this unit I've killed and this unit that my opponent has to commit in the next turn. So I think in general, as you say, you want to make sure you're getting those calculations right. When you're sending your courtier out to kill something, that's your battalion. You want to make sure that, one, you can definitely charge and kill whatever you're going for, and two, that it's a worthy trade, that giving up your Royal Mordant's move was worth killing whatever it is you killed. And when I move to the extra
0: list, I'm going to give um, JP a rest, but I'm also going to share you a a bonus fact about me and what I like to do. The Terror Geist is the last thing that I like to blow on the table. I like to mess with my opponent because they are always wondering where I'm going to put my Terror Geist. Is it going to be on the flanks? Is it going to be in the middle? I'll mess with them. So I have like 40 ghouls, but I'll bubble wrap to a point where I could actually have a big base in the middle. I'm never going to deploy it in the middle, <laughs> but, I, but, I'm, but I'm trying to mess with them yeah. because what will happen is they're going to stretch their units a little bit further. They're going to try to put things in certain places they wouldn't normally do. And because Flesh Eater Quartz has high movement, you can start to pull them apart because they're outside of their buff and synergy ranges and you're, you know, you're really stretching them. So um, that's something that I like to do. I, I like to play the psychological game because the Terrorgeist has yeah, a, re- a reputation. Um, never put it down first, because they're <laughs> always wondering. And bonus points when I played Legions of Nagash, I played Legion of Night. The Manfred build, I could put three things in reserve, and I, I, and people were always worried about the the Terror guys coming in from the side,
1: <laughs> and it never came in.
0: Like they would yeah. screen at the table, but it was never it was never going to happen. But what will happen is the second list that you've given me. So this is the um, blister skin. Quick question. Why did you give me a second blister skin? Because I asked you for two lists and you mm-hmm. could have given me a, you could have given me a hollow more you could have given me, you know, um, a grizzle gore. Why did you choose a second blister skin as
1: opposed to going a different route? Is it
0: just the strongest part of the meta right now?
1: Um, well originally I did give you a Gristle gore list and you flamed me for it. Um no, but uh the uh Did I did I? No. Yeah, no, just cuz it was it was the Luke Ingram's list we talked about before and we wanted some more originality. Um I think the reason I picked two blistic skin lists is I sort of see these as two of the more fun lists that um people might not have necessarily seen before or that they might want to see this variation of um and I think they're two of the coolest Flesh Eater List. lists. I, again, I think there's a gr- there are great gristlecore lists with two or three Mounted Kings. Um, and I think they are a bit more of, you know, does what it says on the tin. You know, you're like, you have two or three dragons, you have your battle line, and you go and you just kill things. And you kill things really well in go with Mounted King. Um, I think those are super cool lists. That's what I used to play um, in most of my events. And I think people should try it out. I think it's maybe less fun to look at. Um, and talk about, but uh, yeah, I just think it's sort of a little bit of a coincidence that uh, my favorite version of Royal Mordens is blister skin, and this list has to be blister skin, so um, so that's why. And one one final thing I I will
0: say before we move on to the actual list is that um as one of the commenters mentioned earlier is that your last list would would fit perfectly in Hollow Morn. Yep, so absolutely. I think that's the cool thing is like a lot of the time when you build a list in other armies like it feels very much like it's 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 built a certain way. Mm-hmm. That we flush you the courts it's
1: it, it's minor tweaks yeah. so uh, again um, even that, that last list you can play in all four of the grand courts you know you it, it you know it's got that block of 40 ghouls you could take that up to two blocks of 40 ghouls and drop the supporting units to threes i think um and turn that into a Morgant list that's more about buffing up the ghouls you can turn it into a holomorn list you can turn it into a gristle Gore list like luke ingram did and went for you know came second at a sixty person event. Um, you you can really you, as you say, you can really turn like add the spice as you see fit and turn those lists into whatever it is you want to be playing. So
0: the second list we've got. So we've mentioned it's a it's a ballistic skin list. Again, you know, we're getting a plus two movement, all the good stuff that we just mentioned, but hey, go put this in another build if you want to put it in a different court. But what you're gonna get yourself is you've got your crypt inter crypt infernal <laughs> courtier internal that's a bit odd Uh um it's a general it's going to have the command trait and the artifact that comes with uh blister skin um you've then got a second crypt infernal courtier and that has an Uh additional artifact the flayer pendant which is re-rolling charge rolls for flesh Mm -hmm. courts within 12 of the bearer you've then got a third and a fourth crypt infernal courtier You've then got nine flayers, nine flayers, six flayers in one of my favourite battalions um, is Dead Watch. You've also got yourself an extra CP. So you're going to start with two CP, two thousand points, hundred and twenty wounds. Um, this is a bit more. I wouldn't say vanilla, but it's very clear cut what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Talk to me about this and talk to me about Dead Watch because I haven't seen this for a while. But like, boy, yeah, oh boy, does, it, does this
1: have legs? So, so dead watch is, um, you know, again, often with flesh of your courts, right? You put putting in a battalion cause it's giving you a CP and an artifact, but this also does let one of our units of flares fight in the hero phase, um, which, uh, is really good. You know, it, it's, um, with the, with the build of this list, the idea fighting with your flares in the hero phase is, you know, again, you're just essentially getting that 500 points of damage, um for free added to your list. Um and this list, uh shout out, I think it was Luke Morton who uh played a similar list like this against me. Um do, and Do I have do I have to be but do I have to be named Luke to play Fleshy to Kotchka Yeah, I like, know, right?
0: <laughs> everyone you've shouted out is Luke like Luke Ingram, Luke Morton Like shout I, I, to shout out Just
1: because I don't I don't remember anyone's first name, so I just always just assume it's like Shout out Luke. Uh, <laughs> shout out Luke. <laughs> shout out to all the Luke's in in chat. Um but yeah, basically the idea of this list and, um, is you've got these three blocks of flares, right? There are four wounds each. There's a lot of wounds in these. Um, and you have got these four courtiers. And this goes into the muster we said before. Each of these courtiers is going to roll six dice. And for every five plus, you can bring back a flare into one of these units. So basically the way this list works is you're just setting out these big blocks of flares Getting into units and fighting twice with feeding frenzy, you're taking a hit back, but because the units are so many wounds, um, you know you're you 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 know you take thirty damage, right? And you've got one and a half flares left in a block of nine, and then you're just rolling four sets of musters in the in your sort of or you know two depending on how what sort of battle plan you're playing, and you're regenerating that unit back and then fighting in the hero phase and then. Using your flayer screams from within um, from within the three inch range, which gives them plus two to effectively to the damage that their shooting attacks do, and you're really just grinding people out with these with this with rerolling your musters and keeping these flayers alive. Um, again, I don't think one of the things I don't think this is like as competitive as the first list because I think it's a little bit uh, no pun intended uh, or if you excuse the pun, like feast or famine, in that some units, some armies are just going to have enough damage to kill nine flares at once. You know, some destruction armies, um, some, you know, Hearthguard Berserkers, stuff like that. They will just be able to kill your nine flares, and you're going to have to, in order to beat those, you're going to have to do some fancy corner tagging, weird, you know, weird shenanigans to try and win that game, and you're probably not going to be favored. But there are going to be games where your opponent can only kill six players per turn, and you're bringing back six flares per turn to each unit, and you um, are just absolutely grinding. It's sort of to make up for what I was talking about in the last list to show a bit of these different things of, you know, Flesh Heater Quartz is fragile, but you can build this list where you really do leverage. Because I think one thing you look at in Flesh Heater Courts is the points costs are quite high for the unit units, and often that is because they've got this cost for being able to regenerate them built in. Mm. And this is a list that's designed to sort of Say, okay, well, I'm going to get my value for my sort of tax dollars that I've paid for that summoning cost. And again, you just get someone, someone's in combat with these nine flares. And, you know, I said before, it can be hard to get all nine into combat, but you, it's easier when, you know, you sort of get a charge and you've got the six front row and three at the back. Then three die, you regenerate those three, you put them back into combat in a place where they can immediately attack. And you're getting that mileage. And then they're attacking in the hero phase. And then they're attacking twice in the combat phase. You know, you've got an extra CP. You've got a battalion CP. You've got a hellish orator, which is giving you, you know, half a CP each turn. Um, and so basically that that's the list is is you're just locking people into combat with these blocks of nine flares and grinding them out because you're just regenerating, you know, 12, 20, 30 wounds. Um, Per turn is just very very strong and you can you can play another version of this list I think with 27 flares um, and dropping you know two of the courtiers or rearranging the points and somehow I, I like the 996 because I sort of like the really heavy uh, going really heavy on the courtiers so if you do have to split up into two parts of the map you can send two courtiers to each half and stuff like that but basically it is just a list designed to abuse those muster rolls and to um, uh, really get value out of the tax you're paying for regenerating units models.
0: Why, and I, I probably know the answer to this one,
1: but why don't you have a
0: courtier, like a Vargulf courtier, other than the points is obviously yeah. a little bit higher than the va, the, for the Vargulf, but why not drop two courtiers and have a Vargulf and an endless spell or drop the command point and, mm-hmm at yourself because like one of the cool things that i love about the flayers is, is their scream attack and i yeah. know that there's a lot of high bravery at the moment and i'm wondering if you know one of the endless spells that gives you a, a debuff to your bravery you know could could do some serious mortal wounds so i guess the logic again why would you go to courtiers like why would you go four as to maybe two plus a vargulf and an endless spell
1: uh well one issue is i don't have any wizards I knew you were gonna Um, say that. I knew you you were gonna say that. You uh, can—that's just me being trite. You can rearrange the list so that you get a Ghoul King in, and you can get an Endless Spell. And I do think—I think that's fine. Um, I think you can drop some of the flares and rearrange the list so that you do get a Wizard and you do get even as we were talking about Chalice to heal your um, flares up. You know, to get Barricade to control the movement, to get you know even Cogs because you want to go really fast. you can do something like that absolutely i think again it's for me i was like if i'm you know if i want to show people this list this is like the most extreme version of the list they're like this is if you want to see what this list does this is it if you if you if you play that list that's the list with all the regen and all the flares you know again maybe you play it and you're like I really do need an Endless Spell, or I really do need this buff, um, you can definitely rearrange the list. But I think that's sort of that's sort of the distilled synthesis of what the list is, is just lots of muster rolls, lots of flares.
0: Yeah, and I've been in situations where I've had to face the muster roll and, um, like, you know, statistically on six dice, on a five up, you should get two. You mm. know, if, if luck luck goes your way, you get three or four back. It is so demoralizing fighting a, a bunch of flares getting them down to like one or two from the nine and then they just regen yeah. and if you get double turned and then they go back to full strength you just like yeah. and like my unit has got so much attrition and i i mean like between the screaming and the mortal wounds and the talons and, and the, then fight the, in additional the attacks the fighting yes. the hero phase like a smart general will know to take out the courtiers um and that's, that can be challenging at times, depending yeah, on what army yeah. you're building. But it's so demoralizing, you know, trying to fight through flayers, and, and their high speed as well means yeah. that, again, they can jump around screens. They can wrap into certain positions. Um, and then it really rewards you for getting a double turn as well. So I think going back to the, one of the previous questions, give away first, yeah. let the player kind of, like, move around. Absolutely. And then you can jump. And, like, you'd be surprised how many of those 50-inch bases, you can squeeze in a back line, especially mm. that unit of six. Mm. The unit of nines is a bit hard, but the six can and even – that might actually mean that you may, maybe you take a unit of three because that's yep, even yeah. easier to squeeze in. So, and again, exactly. you know, season to taste. Do what you want to do, guys. But um, I, I really like seeing the dead watch back.
1: And a nice trick you can do as well is you can charge in your block of nine and you leave one guy at the back outside of three inches and you can take, you can lose a bunch of the front and you're suddenly out of combat and then you regenerate all your flares so that you're suddenly much closer to whatever it is now that you wanna move and charge to, you know? Like you can you can really be creative about how you're, you know, you can regenerate so that you're like, okay, I'm just out of three of this other unit and then in the pile in phase, when I pile in and attack in the hero phase, I can now tag that unit into combat. Um, so there, you know, it's, it's a simple list but it does have, you know, there are nuances to how exactly you play it. I mean, you're talking to a guy who runs six Gargans for 2,000
0: points. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm, <laughs> so, I'm no. making it simple. But what I what I also really like about it and why maybe Flesh Eater Courts players should revisit this type of build is that in the current meta, which has got a lot of magic and a lot of shooting, these lists aren't very magic heavy. They're not relying mm-hmm. on, on spell casting to get buffs. The other thing is, is that a lot of magic armies um, don't like to be hit. Um, They can't take hit. They don't like to be hit Um, unless you're Seraphon and you've got your stupid skinks. (laughs) But most of the time they don't like it, you know. So if you can get your drops low enough and, yes, some some pointy-eared jerk you know, elf player might have a whole bunch of archers going to fish for sixes, but if you can outdrop them and get in their face turn one, um, you're going to ruin their day. And then little old techless at the back has got no friends, mm-hmm. and you're gonna you're gonna you're eating on his uh, his innards. So. Getting Definitely. the jump, and I think as a, as a Gargant player, as an Iron Jaws player, as um, a Beast Claw Raiders player, these people are really and and I was recently at a tournament, an eighty player tournament, and Destruction had a really good showing in the top ten. And I think part of that is the high movement, the running and charging, the 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 threat range to get into these people and get them before they get turn one, yeah. get their buffs, get their, their get, get their abilities, because
1: um, we've got the jump on them so. Yeah. I think I think a good point, and I think that people don't talk about it as much as they should in the shooting meta we're in, is that it's important to remember that combat armies in general do a lot more damage than shooting armies. Be- you know, shooting armies feel like they do more damage because they do it all in one place. You know, you're like my terror guy is behind a screen and he's dead. That feels like a lot more damage than when I was fighting chain rasps. Um, but when you do get the... like. If you are playing against magic or shooting, those are armies that often don't have enough damage to kill nine flares in one turn. And they don't hit you in your turn, you know? So they're like, okay, I I took my first turn and I shot off eight flares from this unit. Because I don't want to shoot the courtiers who are in a bubble of minus one to hit from the artifact and minus one to hit from lookout, sir. So, you know, okay, do I want to fish for sixes and try and kill this courtier? Maybe not. I'll shoot flares. But if you're doing chip damage, if you're like Croak, you're doing D3 mortal wounds to all the units. If you're like Techless, doing D3 mortal wounds to all the units, and you are relying on doing that damage over time, sort of every other turn, because it's only in your battle round, you're going to really hate when those six flares come back. And as you say, when those six flares come back in your turn and hit you in your hero phase, um, and then hit you again twice in the combat phase, you're like, oh, no. And you just, you just you're like, I have this targeted damage, and it's just not enough to get me over the hill of killing a whole unit of nine each turn, and they just keep coming back. And if you are forcing them to use those inefficient damage trades into your minus two to hit courtiers, then your units of nine flayers are just fighting every turn at full strength anyways. And if it takes them two, three turns to kill all your courtiers, well, then you've had three turns of fighting with all you know, nine plus 24 flayers um, every turn, you know? And also... And the- and the bonus to that is that once you've engaged them in
0: combat, they yep. must shoot at what's That's in exactly. combat, which is where something like the, you know, the smash bat or the Vargulf, if you charge a yes. Vargulf into, let's say those archers or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. and let's say you pin them, you get the Vargulf just on the edge of the unit and, yep. and you've only engaged in one of those those um, those Lumineth or whatever it is, it means all of a sudden your Vargulf is doing maximum damage with minimal return other than the shooting. Yeah. Um, while everything else is not being harassed. So you've made a sacrificial 100, 160 points um, and the rest of your force is advancing. So, yeah, um,
1: absolutely. And it's just, again, it's, it's what we were talking about before about these efficient trades. If you get your Vargulf into a big block of archers, right, a big shooting unit, you're like, okay, well, one, I'm going to kill a bunch of them. Two, they're going to have to waste a turn of shooting on him. And three, if he's got the five up save, you know, he might not even die you know and then your opponents lost two turns of shooting and that is sort of again for the two battle rounds of shooting which is four turns of damage and so again you're you're when you're playing flesh eater courts you really are trying to weigh up those things of like can i get the value i need out of sending my vargulf courtier to his death on the other side of the board and also, and i think the, you know you don't want to play um in a way of like, okay, I'm gonna try and conserve all my units. I think that that's a way of sort of losing slowly for flesh unit courts. You've just gotta be like, and it, I love it, it fits with the lore, right? You're just like, these guys are just gonna go fight until they die and that's how they're gonna win. You know, you're, you're killing them and I'm like, good, I'm glad. Like, that's what I wanted to happen was for you to be fighting my Vargolf, and now he's dead. Now, what are you dealing with this next unit? You know, Now that you're stuck in combat with nine flares that are regenerating every turn, you can, as you say, you can no longer shoot off that one wound you still needed to do to a courtier.
0: Yeah, no, I dig it. And, and there's so many cool ways in like, you know, uh, Depending on who you're playing, you know, you could be looking at, you know, the the ghoul patrol and getting, you know, ghouls mm-hmm. coming in from the sides of the boards. You could be, you know, I remember playing a, an opponent who had, you know, a lot of summoning and they summoned like three or four different units of knights, um, which is, which worked out to be what, an extra 600, 700 yeah. points on the table. Um, so depending on your meta, again, you know, I think we've demonstrated some different ways you can tap into this list. Um, you know, add an uh, endless spell or two if you want to go down that route, add more ghouls, more flayers, more horrors, drop some heroes, add some more heroes. I think the, the lessons that we've kind of gone through here is just how you connect some of these rules into a competitive list and, and do quite well. You are going to have some hard matchups just like everyone has. Um, but I think, you know, we've, we've really seen the low drops, They're fast movement, and you win Age of Sigmar in movement. You don't win Age of Sigmar in combat. You don't win Age of Sigmar in combat. You win Age of Sigmar in movement. Um, You score objectives early. You've got all the throwaway trade-offs. You've got, you know, the teleporting, the summoning. You know, you've got a terrain piece, and you're not reliant on the terrain piece like certain armies are where, you know, you could use it, but you don't need to hug it what have you learned by playing? I guess that, you know, to bring us home, uh, I'm conscious you've got, you know, things to do on your lovely Saturday, but talk to me about like, if I was starting for the first time or I'm quite a new player and I haven't taken to a tournament, or I'm still kind of picking mm-hmm. up the army. What have you learned from your experience other than obviously what you've dropped here today, but like any lessons, any advice, any things that like looked really good, but actually they're hot garbage or things mm-hmm. that you underestimated and went, Holy crap. Um, that Terror Guy Scream, for example, is really good.
1: <laughs> terror Guy Scream did win me one game, killing the exact number of Ether Wings I needed to kill. But um, I think, yeah, I think the things that I've learned um, are um, really, you know, I think a big thing is that trade-off thing that we talked about, but I don't want to harp too much on about that. I think when you're playing Flesh Eater Quartz, it's very much like uh, a, t- a team game for your army, where if you, you're... It ties into what we were saying, but your terrorgeist is not going to be able to win the whole game for you by himself. Even though he does loads of damage, you need to have basically this battle plan and not get discouraged. Again, you know, stay delusional that you're going to win the whole time because you might feel like, oh, I've lost all my threats and all I've got are these ghouls. But you've probably done a lot of damage to your opponent in that time, and so you, like, just don't let your head get down because, again, when you If you say, okay, you know, I've lost all my big stuff. I've just got 10 ghouls in my arch region, you know, which is a normal state of the game late. You're like, okay, I'm going to put plus D3 attacks on my ghouls. I'm going to give them reroll ones. They get reroll ones anyways from being near an Abhorrent. You're like, I'm going to give them plus D3 attacks. I'm going to charge them in. And I'm going to roll the, it can be a hundred attacks, you know, like, and you need to be ready to leverage all the. You need to be like, okay, I'm going to charge my Abhorrent arch region in buff himself up into this other hero, you know? He's a buff hero, but he heals three per turn, and he he, he can fight, you know? So I think you need to just be, remember to use all of the units you have on the board at all times. You know, you, there, you can't rely on, you know, sort of the game being, oh, my terror guys goes from unit to unit, killing it, and uh, at the end of the game, everything's still alive except my screens. You know, I think your your army is going to slowly get whittled down through the game. Your threats are going to die, and you just need to be ready to leverage all your buffs and your your synergies on everything you have left. So, um, I think also that's a good tip in general for like if you're not playing the top tier army, and um, you know you're you're going to be you're going to have matchups where your opponent's army is on paper, you know, in the meta better is just like you, you know use all your units correctly and you've got a good chance that you're just playing better than your opponent and that's the way you win games so i would say just don't write out your units of 10 ghouls don't write out your archregents, your ghoul kings you know we talked a lot about the courtier but your infernal courtiers a lot of these models are savage flesh eater courts models that can go win a fight against a similar hero from another faction you know an Ideneth deepkin five wound hero is not the same as uh you know an aborian archregent who wants to be in a fight. You know, he can pile in attack twice. He can buff himself. You can do this stuff. So just just remember to basically, like, move everything, you know, have a plan for all your units, and just be totally ready for your stuff to start dying and for you to keep playing the game and win the game, you know, with one ghoul left and just being like, okay, cool, I did it.
0: Good question that came out of the chat. I'll bring that Mm -hmm. up in a second. That's a really good question from the chat. A couple of things that I've learned being a Flesh Eater Quartz player is... The, the Terrorgeist, even, and I kind of mentioned this earlier, but, you know, a, a, a Terrorgeist that's almost dead still has three fanged more attacks. They yeah. can still do 18 mortal wounds if you roll three sixes. Mm-hmm. Every six is worth six mortal wounds. Um, so you can't underestimate, because most people with a Behemoth, you underestimate yeah. the Behemoth, and you can kind of almost ignore them once they're at half strength. Once they're yeah. at half strength, their their potential just goes crashing down. Absolutely. But the Terrorgeist is a completely different story. They're still a maximum threat, and then once they die, they explode into even more mortal wounds. So um, any way that you can heal them, any way – the longer you keep them on the table, they're just an absolute threat. For me, CP management and um, is key, um, and try not to – use your cp on like failed charge rolls so yeah, yeah yeah you know knowing your threat ranges through knowing your statistically likelihoods of, of hitting a you know like yes you want to hit the nine inch charge you've teleported but the nine inch charge has such a low success rate yeah. that burning a cp that could be better off used and uh, you know when you get into combat um is, is absolutely critical at least to me and um and I think if you are running something like a terror geist, take the fact that you know that they're going to target it and think about how you can yeah. use that screen to really maximize the rest, your flayers, your horrors, your ghouls. Absolutely.
1: You know, That's a good
0: um, point. I think just like, just know that it's going to be a distraction kind of effects. Just... <laughs> People are going to go for it, but also play to its strength, right? Like try to bait people um, Mm -hmm. away, you know, putting it on the flank, for example, where most people put their stuff in the center is going to force them to go to one side. And that's where the rest of your army kind of snakes in or start scoring objectives. And people always try to win via kill points, but actually you want to score. And that's where 40 ghouls are going to hold an Mm -hmm. objective. That's where like 10 Mm -hmm. ghouls are going to hold an objective. So um, yeah. Absolutely.
1: R.I.P. The Eighth Accords broach. I'm sure you would love to have that. Yeah, of course. But also, I think a good point uh, on what you're saying as well is that you don't, you know, you can put your terror guys on the flank and that doesn't mean he has to stay there. Right. Your, Your army is fast. So you can say deploy him on the flank. And you just run him. You know, you just run him as far as you can. You get plus two from blister skin. You run him right into the middle, and your opponent, you know, your your opponent is like, oh well, now I'm left sort of foot slogging across, and you're ready again to spectral host and ping that guy in your turn, you know, in your turn two, to wherever you need. Oh my, God, here we go. Yeah, I'm not a man, Nathan Watson. Na- Na- Nathan, <laughs> <laughs> is he a friend of yours? Yeah. Where's no. It? So basically, the first the first event. Uh, I won with Flesh Eater Quartz, I took a Corpse Card, as uh, as we talked about, and uh, I misread the base size when I when I ordered it because it, it, I think it came with the actual square base, so you needed to order a separate yeah. base. And I basically just had the Black Coach size base for my Corpse Card. And I think it was after game two or something, Nathan came up to me and was like, "Why are you doing this?" And I was like, "Why am I doing what?" So I, I had to play the rest of the the rest of the event with a reduced range on the aura from my Corpse Card, but. That's all, you know, no, no one's ever mentioned that I won that event, but everybody mentions that I took a legal base sizes, you know. I can't believe I just talked for two hours almost with this cheater. Um,
0: <laughs> but, but, but maybe a final question before we start wrapping it home. This is a really good one is, um, so your second list um, yep. came in at 2000 points, but you had purchased yeah. a, um, you had purchased a command point. Um, I've been running my Garket list lately. I've just submitted a tournament list for um, something that's coming up in th- two weeks' time. And, again, I've gone 1950 as opposed to 2000 um, for the reason that I'm really enjoying a Triumph. Um, um, being able to reroll all hits or all wounds or all saves on um, one unit yep. has been super powerful. Talk to me about... W- what are your thoughts on triumphs versus uh, yeah. an additional command points for feck?
1: So what I would say is if you're running a zombie dragon in your list, uh like a mounted zombie dragon, um you probably want to be getting that triumph. Ideally a triumph and an extra command point if you can, but you do want that triumph. The thing about the Terror geist almost all the damage that the terrorgeist does is coming from those uh the bites and like the way those bites scale with buffs. So um, you already reroll hits from your mount rate on the bite. And so rerolling wounds, it's a good buff, but it's not that good. Rerolling hits, not that important on the Terror Geist. Um And so it's in those lists, I figured they weren't quite as important. In the Watch list, rerolling hits on a unit of Flare when they're piling in twice is really good. You know, again, in general with Feeding Frenzy, if you do have um, a Triumph, you're getting sort of double use out of it because you're, you're piling in and attacking twice. So Triumphs are really good. And that's assuming been... you get
0: that that assumes you get the triumph that you want because it's a random yes. dice roll so yeah. you might get reroll saves which is rather useless yes. for
1: fair exactly that's what i was going to say it's like reroll saves so reroll hits and wounds on your flares is pretty good um again you're getting double mileage out of it but one in three times you're getting reroll saves which was what we talked about is not the way the army plays, you know. You when I've been playing Legion of Grief and I've got my block of ethereal units, you have reroll saves and you're you're loving it, you know. But uh, if you're playing the block of flares with a five up save and a six up after save, right? You're rerolling your saves. You know, it's better than not rerolling them, but it's not really your game plan is not going to hinge on it in the same way. So, and also, you know, rerolling wounds not as good. Um, and we've talked about rerolling hits on the on the um. Terra Geist not as good, but if I was going a traditional Gristlegore list where you have one Terra Geist and one Zombie Dragon, um, or two Terra or Zombie Dragon, something like that, I probably would try and get a a Triumph in there, just because as we've talked about, in if you are playing a game where you need to make these efficient trades, um, having uh, being able to give your Zombie Dragon reroll hits uh, is really good, and and the scaling the scaling is crazy um, because. Again, you know, if you're looking at a zombie dragon, you're like, okay, he's got all these attacks. You're like, now you're giving him plus D3 attacks. Now you're giving him reroll wounds from his own spell. If you've also hit the reroll hits on the triumph, um that's where your zombie dragon is doing stuff like deleting one block of 500 points and then on the second pile in and killing Nagash. You know, that's the that's the games where where that happens. But as you say, if you've got the reroll wound spell on the ter- on the zombie dragon and you've got a reroll wounds triumph it's not always the best so i think triumphs are really good for feck i just try a, a cp is always worth the second pile in so if i have to choose between one of them i'm probably going for the extra pile in uh, the the extra command point because it's sort of that guaranteed value rather than you know oh whoops well, i got you know reroll saves or i got reroll hits on my terror guys which i didn't really want or something like that but yeah if you end up yeah. with a triumph you know you don't feel like you have to spend the point somewhere because you know, those rerolls are really good and they scale really well with your plus D3 attacks with your double piling and stuff like that. Is there any other thoughts that you would have? Like, obviously, um,
0: if we we had this conversation, say, six or 12 months ago, I would probably really encourage annual spells. Things like, you know, whether it's Burning Head, whether it's going to be some of the new Forbidden Power, you know, Bravery Mm -hmm. debuffing type spells or Chronomatic Cogs. But the points investment in addition to the difficulty to cast, yeah, I think um, I think it's too much of a burden. I'd rather just have another courtier. I'd rather have another, you know, three or six flayers. I'd rather have, you know, booster terror guys to a terror guys with a ghoul king on top.
1: Um, would you kind of agree that, you know, yeah. it's just just hard? i I think it is i love the i think the endless spells you know i love i've played the barricade um and the chalice i think both of them can be really powerful but as you say it can just be hard like even in a game where you're not against um techless or techless equivalent you're sort of just like okay i hope i roll high enough and then my opponent just doesn't randomly unbind it and that and you already have a bunch of good spells you're trying to cast so endless spells um I think they're good. Again, like there are, I've won games because of the barricade. I've won games because of the chalice. Like they're not weak spells. It's just, does it fit nicely into your list? I wouldn't go like cutting things you don't want to cut out of your list to fit them in. But again, if you're sitting there and you're like, okay, I've got this spare amount of points, do I want a chalice instead of a command point? You know, maybe if you're playing hundred ghouls in a Morgant list, yeah, you do. You know, if they're mm-hmm. they're they are very strong game-winning spells, it's just sometimes they don't come off, and that's why I've cut them, but sometimes they're going to win you games, so it's not a bad thing to have in your list.
0: You've built more consistency in your list is what I'm hearing, which came back to the trial conversation, it Mm -hmm. came back to just looking for more guarantees, and I think Flesh Eater Courts is an army that really needs guarantees yeah, because yeah, you you're, pu- you're putting so much out there that um, too much risk and your army collapses but yeah jp this has been awesome i've i've um i've learned a lot i'm i'm rejuvenated i'm curious to see how soul like grave lords i know you were talking about some allies like the corpse cart mm. and um uh, I can't remember if the Necromancers Van Hales used to work with you, but um, we don't know what the Soul Blight's going to bring. We don't know how that's going to change and what it's going to mean for allies. It doesn't, mm. I mean, and if they, if they are allies, what what are some of the new vampires yeah. going to bring to the table? We just don't know at this point. But um, if people want to chat to you, your Twitter handle is below. Is there any shout outs you want to, like, I know there's probably something you want to shout out, and I owe no. you a video. I swear <laughs> I owe you a video. If Games Workshop didn't just give me Broken Realms Techless and now literally um Bella
1: core I would be doing your video your video is coming I swear I swear but is
0: there anything you want to shout out
1: Yeah so I guess yeah what we're talking about is we'll shout out um listbot.co.uk um it's a, it's a website I run. Does a bunch of statistical analysis. I, like I used it um, today, uh, not today, but when you were asking me like to come up with Flesh Eater Courts lists, I went to it. I went to listbot.co.uk. I went to the page for looking at factions. I went to the Flesh Eater Courts faction page and you can scroll there through, you know, how what sort of listbot thinks of the various units through uh, lists that uh, have recently been played in Flesh Eater Courts that have done well at tournaments. Uh, you can go there and say, I want to show me lists, only lists that have crypt horrors in them. Show me only lists that have have, you know, cogs in them. Like it, it has a bunch of breakdowns. And I personally used it just to be like, okay, well, what are some cool lists? What are the cool lists in Flesh Eater course that I could see? Um, and that's how I saw, you know, the Luke number one, Luke Ingram's Gristle uh, Gore Royal Morton's so list, which is super cool. And you can check it out on there. Um, so I want to shout that out. I want to shout out. Um, you know, I'll, I'll shout out uh, Nathan Watson and the rest of the Northern Invasion guys for constantly bullying me uh, about the corpse cards and. Um, I'll shout out uh, also Wargamer Online. That's where Luke number two, Luke Morton is from, who um, we've been doing some cool stuff with uh, Battle Reports and talking with factions. And also uh, importantly, I wanna shout out um, just the Flesh Eater Courts players in the Flesh Eater Courts WhatsApp group. It's a great it's a great group of people. Like, I've, you know, there's a lot of the chats and, and sort of the 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 social meta can differ, but Flesh Eater Courts is always super positive. People are always like, okay, you know, army's got this weakness, so I've been playing this list because of it. Um, and it's just been super fun. And in, in particular, I also shout out Lee Bromley, who was talking about endless spells. He took like a full loads of wizards, endless spells, fl- feck list to Bobo. And we were talking about it, and I was like, do you think maybe you could drop the 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 purple, what's it called? Sun. The big purple the sun. Yeah, pur- purple the, the, the sun. sun, yeah. He was like, do you think you could drop that for the corpse guard? And he was like, well, the only time that the purple sun has done any damage is when my opponent moved it onto my arch region and instantly killed them with two D6 mortal wounds. And he was like, so maybe. But he wasn't convinced. And I was like, that's what I like to see. That's the passion that the Flesh Eater <laughs> Courts community has to bring to you.
0: Oh, I'll also, at this point as well, if people want to talk more about Flesh Eater Courts, um, my Discord link is below as well. we got a whole channel dedicated to Flesh Eater Courts, so come talk List Tech with us on on Discord as well. It's a lot of fun. JP, this has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, Your Twitter handle is below if you want to List Tech, you want to talk, but more importantly, go check out ListBot. Um, The video is coming very soon, I swear. Um. I was going to get through Broken Realms by the core and I can do it properly. But JP, I've learned a lot. I'm, I'm keen. Um, this is great. And uh, who knows what what the future brings to, to
1: you guys. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for having me. It's super fun. Again, I love Flesh Eater Courts. It's been a while since I did a deep dive and it's super cool to to, to get into it um, Yeah, with another effect player and talk about the ins and outs of this army. Again, I, we said there aren't that many units in the book but you can see we've gone through like down there there are 12 million more rabbit holes, 12 other, you know, archetypal lists that you could go into, you know, before you even start to scratch the surface. So super cool. Yeah, we, Thanks a lot for having me. We, we,
0: we could have deep dived into horrors. We could have deep dive yeah. into, into, into gore. The grizzled gore build, like even, even like ghoul patrol and do some yeah. crazy ghoul stuff. So uh, there's a lot of little cool list tech in to Courts. but we're going to wrap up. Thank you everyone for joining us. Thank you for everyone hanging out live and um, JP it's been an absolute pleasure. you very much thank you very much thank you it's been it's been
1: awesome
0: thanks everyone i hope you found that discussion valuable if you did give the video the old thumbs up and if you have a comment or an insight leave it in the comment section below the champions over here are my aos coach patreons and youtube members so you guys are bloody legends thank you for all the support if you want to know more about the support programs The links are below down here in the episode description along with a link to the Discord server so we can continue this conversation. Until next time, don't forget to name your characters and have a good one.